Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Tuesday. It is July 19th. Hard to believe. Um, man, summer is almost over. Hey, but I uh, had a great time out and about uh, taking a little downtime uh, over the month of June and July. But uh, hey, just want to share with you. I know you've heard probably that, uh, hey, new grandbaby, uh, James Colton Statler, born on 7-11. Can't forget that one, can we? So, hey, glad to uh, welcome him to the family. And uh, cute guy, isn't he? So, hey, we got more stuff to talk about today when it comes to uh, finances. Yesterday, man, we just couldn't quite hold on to the gains we had early in the day. And uh, we'll talk about that and more. Hey, when Dave joins us here in just a moment, before we do that, though, let's just remember that there's only uh, one thing really and truly that we can control when it comes to our retirement planning, and that's uh, developing a, a core retirement plan so that you know how much risk you have. Give us a call at 863-382-0037 to schedule your core retirement design with Statler Financial Services. So looking forward to that. Dave joining us here in just a second. Stay tuned. 5.7 Light FM. Morning, all. Hello. I'm glad you're here today. This time every morning, we check in and see what's going on with your money. It started out good news yesterday, and things kind of tapered off as the day progressed. Let's check in with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services and see what his take is on it. Philip, good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning, Dave. Doing well today. I hope you are as well. Um, I was just uh, kind of thinking that Man, summer is about over for the for the school children getting ready to go back to school here pretty soon. And it's just um, the, the markets just are not helping us out, though. I will say that I thought yesterday was going to end up being a great day. And mm -hmm. uh, man, towards the end of the day, it just gave up all the gains it had all throughout the day and uh, and ended up uh, in, in red ink before I went home. Yeah, we were actually kind of optimistic yesterday morning as we had green ink on the futures, but all three of the major indexes, pretty much, I was describing it as looks like everybody just took their foot off the gas and drifted. The uh, Dow and the S&P looked pretty good for a little while. They crossed the zero mark and started going down, and we ended up with the Dow down 216 points, Standard & Poor's down by 32, and the NASDAQ was down by 92 at the end of the day, which basically made another crapola day. And at, yeah, yeah, we got we got to keep in the back of our mind that even during a uh, a normal year, even during a year where we got some forward momentum going, August generally is a pretty quiet month. I mean, July and August are kind of doldrum months as some investors do the sell in May and go away routine. But then you get a little bit of bear market pressure on top of it, and this just has not been a fun last thirty to forty five days at all, has it? No, it really hasn't. I mean, the first half of the year. Um, you, you know, we've got everything down, including the bond market, which is not supposed to happen, um, but it has happened, you know. And so we look at I'm preparing now for my mid-year uh, report for my clients and uh, I'm going to get together with them here shortly. But, uh, you know, it's been interesting to look at how many firsts we're really seeing out there uh, when it comes to the markets. 
You know, and you mentioned it yesterday, and I, I agreed with you uh, that the the normal rules of thumb that you look at just ain't working in the process. The bonds are in an inverted state. Fed's trying to raise interest rates, and we're seeing you know the long term rates going down because people are buying long and mid term federal bonds like they're going out of style in anticipation of a recession. Uh, you look at commodities, and everybody figures that gold is generally a, a panic commodity that goes up during trying times in equity and gold and silver are having a hard time. I don't envy anybody in your line of work trying to give solid advice because none, none of the rules of thumb really are working right now, are they? No, they're, they're really not. And that's why it's important that folks understand how much risk they have in their portfolio and make sure that they have something that doesn't react to these ups and downs of the marketplace. And, and so that's, you know, we want to make sure that we've got a certain position that uh, that's not going to ride these waves and, uh, and give some safety. Absolutely. I've, I've always said I took some of your advice a few years ago, and I'm so glad I did. My IRA is off by a little bit, but nowhere near as bad as somebody that bought just index funds has been. And it kind of stabilized my retirement plans a little bit. There is a way to insulate yourself from the volatility, and it takes advice from a pair of uh, neutralized with some expertise in terms of planning a retirement. It does. You know, it does. And, and the neutral and, the, you know, the fiduciary standard, that's the key when we start looking at, at who's taking care of, uh, you know, your portfolio doing really what's in your best interest. So, but uh, you know, it is, uh, it's going to rock and roll the rest of this year. I think we're going to see probably more down days than we see up days here um, for the rest of this year. Until we get things straightened out with everything from inflation to energy prices to uh, supply chains, as far as energy is concerned, it's going to be interesting. We're done with one sector for the most part, anyway, during earnings season, and that's the financial sector. And one of my tip sheets kind of looked at all the big banks that have reported over the last four or five days and kind of drew an interesting picture. You figure that people who make their money selling money probably have a better picture as to what they're looking at than many of the rest of us are. And it's not a particularly pretty a pretty picture. I mean, you look at J.P. Morgan and City both uh, announced that they were suspending share buybacks to give themselves some flexibility during the bear market. Goldman Sachs decided they were going to uh, slow down their hiring processes, and probably the even course of action through all of the financials that we saw was that their investment banking income was the challenging sector in all of their uh, reports. And uh, they're starting to build up increased balances to allow for loan losses. This is uh, starting to sound a little bit like the other last two crashes that we've had, doesn't it? Well, it does. I mean, the banking industry, they've got to be prepared for those type of things. And, and uh, you know, the Fed requires them to, to make allowances for losses because when we do hit a recessionary time, we know that there are going to be some businesses and some folks that, that this, their financials fail. And, uh, and the bank's got to be prepared for that. They can't be caught off guard. And so, you know, they're required to put away a certain amount of money to make sure that they don't get caught off guard for loan losses. Absolutely. And you can generally take the credibility of somebody with his uh, butt on the line for the P&L for a company actually working in the real world. Take that a little bit more to the bank, no pun intended, than you can the columnists that you and I periodically have fun with, guessing when the next recession is or when the next uh, bull market is really going to start. The, the columnists haven't got as much skin in the game as the guys that run the big banks do. 
Well, that, that's true. They, they really do. And, um, and so that, that's just kind of one of those indicators. You kind of watch to see what they're doing be, because they're, they're going to be, or they're, at least they should be, uh, pretty conservative uh, for their own uh, shareholders. Which is kind of why we use the financials as being a good bellwether to lead off earnings season each year. Speaking of bellwethers, you and I have always said the housing market uh, is one of those bellwethers that we look at because it affects so many other sectors. And we started out a series of reports yesterday. I gather the uh, housing index numbers from the uh, Builders Association weren't very good yesterday, huh? No, they, they really weren't. They, they did not come in quite as expected. I mean, my guys expected like building permits to come in at 1.68, uh, which was already going to be down from, from the previous month, but they came in at 1.69. So permits were, were a little better than expected, but still not as good as, um, as last month. And then, and then housing starts was a miss. That's- that's the real miss. They were expecting an increase after a real plummet last month. Last month, they were down like 14%. Uh, the economists were expecting a very slight growth rate on that, which kind of surprised me. But we ended up down 2% in terms of housing starts now as well. Put that together with the uh, Home Builders Index report from yesterday afternoon, and we're getting a real flattening impact on the housing market at the moment, aren't we? We really are. I mean, the Home Builders Index was off significantly um, yesterday from what was expected and down from where it was the month before. So, um, you know, again, we are continuing to see pressure in that marketplace, um, at least nationally. Now, the question is, you know, locally, how is that going to impact us? And, And we don't know because Um, We we are somewhat insulated because uh, more people than not want to live in Florida. And and so that's somewhat beneficial to us right now in the real estate market. And we're fortunate the center part of the state by getting a little bit of a delay, too, because when things get rough on the coast, folks looking where they there come here. So we talk about this on behalf of one of my real estate advertisers. We kind of get six months warning about something on the horizon because we're insulated a little bit here. Number one, Florida. Number two, central Florida. Unless it's really cataclysmic, we kind of get a warning ahead of time by watching the rest of the country. We do. That's true, Dave. We really do. And and so we're fortunate when it comes to that area uh, that we do have that. Um, I don't know if you call it a luxury or not, but but it is definitely something that that we are fortunate to have on on our side. Understood. We're continuing with earnings season and the big names are starting to come out. We kind of got cut off by the end of the record and I didn't hear what it was, but you said IBM had some interesting results to report to us this morning. So IBM, they, they did. They beat on top and bottom line. They, they really had a mm-hmm. decent quarter. Um, okay. However, they, um, they're having some difficulty because of a couple of things. One, they had to cut off their sales to Russia. That's hurt them. A strong dollar is hurting them. And then the main thing I saw was that, that their cash on hand is not going to be quite what they thought it was going to be. Um, the last quarter, they anticipated 10 billion to 10.5 billion uh, in in cash reserves and cash on hand, and and they they dropped that by half a billion to 10 now 10 billion. Now, Dave, that's not a big change to me, but man, their stock is taking it on the chin yesterday and today. It was down 1.3 percent yeah. yesterday. It's down another 5.6 percent this morning. 
I was looking at that and trying to figure out, okay, it beat on all the major macros. They were half a billion short in terms of their checkbook balance. You know, darn near 6% worth of value drop. That doesn't sound like it justifies that, does it? It, it really doesn't. Now, now they did come out overnight and say the strong dollar popped up as, as an issue, too. Um, and mm-hmm. so that may be more, but, but it started dropping yesterday after the report came out because of the cash shortage um, or the cash differential. But, but that's the deal is that, you know, the, the strong dollar is going to start hurting U.S. companies. Yeah, I was mentioning that while you were gone last week. The strong dollar is really good because we always like that solid as a dollar, sound as a dollar old cliche. But in reality, a strong dollar, while you're trying to keep your domestic manufacturers afloat, doesn't help a lot. No, if you're over in Europe right now, you like it because you know, yeah. you're getting you're getting a benefit. But but if you're in the United States trying to do business in Europe, um, it makes your stuff more expensive. Absolutely. It's a challenge. Other indications we got from earnings season. So the other one we have, we have a couple. We have um, Halliburton, you know, the mm-hmm. oil services uh, business. Uh, they uh, they beat on top and bottom line. Uh, their profit was up 41% from a year earlier, uh, which we like to hear. The mm-hmm. um, you know, that's because oil companies now have some money to go do some, some investing. Um, so they're up 2.2% this morning. Um, a nice little a bump for them. We had um, Johnson and Johnson also reported. Uh, they're uh, beat by five cents a share. Uh, revenue came in at uh, above forecast. Uh, the shares they actually made $2 and 59 cents a share. Um, now they did cut their full year guidance. Um, again, they're blaming it on the dollar. The strength of the dollar is giving them some operational issues, but uh, they, they traded down yesterday for four dollars or two and a quarter percent they're trading up this morning about 1.2 percent okay and i would imagine that their uh, dollar warning probably was why i don't see them on my big winner list this morning right exactly so i got two more for you we have hasbro uh we always like to talk, talk about hasbro and mattel but hasbro reported they beat by 21 cents a share came in at a dollar 15 revenue slightly below what they expected um, they continue to take cost-cutting measures as well as um, trying to shore up their supply chain to make sure that they have sufficient inventory uh, for this next holiday season. Uh, they're trading up about 1% this morning. And the last one I have for you today is Truist Financial, uh, which is the old SunTrust Bank. Uh, they, uh, they beat uh, better than expected on profit and revenue. Uh, they... Um, have loan they're, they're growing their loan book quite a bit and that's uh, that's helping them as well as being able to uh, expand that uh, that margin in the interest rate area so they're trading up today 1.7 percent well so there is some good news to start the day out resetting the table turned into a red ink day yesterday 45 minutes before we open this morning philip what are we looking at so far so we got some green ink again this morning, and and so hopefully today, when I get down today, it'll be still green for a change. Uh, but right now we got the Dow up almost three quarters of a percent. The S and P five hundred is up almost one percent. The Nasdaq one hundred is up about one percent. So um, everything's looking really good this morning. The question is, can we follow through uh, through the end of the day? However. The commodity side of the coin's not near as rosy this morning, Dave. We got silver 
man, it's down another half a percent, uh, $18.74 an ounce. Gold oh. down about two-tenths of a percent, $1,707. If we're not careful, we're going to be below $1,700 before we know it. And then we've got crude oil. The one we want going down is going the right direction. It's down 2.2% this morning to $97.25 a barrel. Now, that I'm really glad to see because my delayed quote was showing at over 100. And I was thinking that had some things to do with Russia threatening to cut off the gas pipeline to Europe. Well, uh, yeah, and it could, but that would be more maybe the natural gas area, but it's still down too. Mm. Um, yeah, which, natural which, gas is down like almost 3% this morning. It's utterly amazing, but generally one tracks the other, and I was kind of expecting that to be the cause, but I'm glad to see it back under 100. Uh, overseas markets, by and large, mostly green ink this morning, probably following our futures. Asian rim mostly up. Europe is evenly up across the board, marginally on less than a quarter of a percent, but still up this morning halfway through their trading day. Getting that strategy you and I were talking about takes a pair of eyes that uh, don't have the bias that we have when we're looking at our own paychecks. i got a pro online with me now. How do I find you to get that appointment done? Then, then give us a call at 863-382-0037 to walk through our core retirement design. We help you design the retirement you always dreamed of to make sure you're still on track uh, to retire when you want to retire. And then they can catch us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk 730, 95.3 FM. All righty, and we'll be back here again with you tomorrow morning to catch up with what actually ended up happening today. And let's cross our fingers it stays green, Philip. I'll see you then. All right, buddy. Have a great day. Thank you. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler. Hey, folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. Hope your week is off to a great start. Hey, I look forward to talking to you again tomorrow morning, same time, same place. Until then, have a great one.